You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I, as always, am your host, Ben Wolf uh, from Wolf's Edge Consulting. We are going to learn from our guest today uh, lessons in leadership from uh, from his experience in special operations in the military and also freeing oneself up from the internal friction that often holds us back as leaders. Um, I do encourage everybody out there today to uh, subscribe and to also leave a review because that um, does a lot to making the content that we share if you find it to be of value to you, more accessible to more people coming up higher in the search results when people are looking under related terms uh, to the kind of information on business, how to entrepreneurship uh, and growth as leaders that we are trying to share today. So subscribe, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to this and leave a review. Uh, so with that, I want to get into introducing today's guest, uh, who is uh, who I am very much looking forward to. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, this gentleman is the founder of Camp Zen Commando uh, in the foothills of Lagunas, Costa Rica, on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, uh, where he will soon be holding eight-day recalibration retreats uh, for leaders uh, around the world. Uh, he was... Uh, previously in the Marine Corps as an officer, a Marine Scout sniper, and part of force reconnaissance. Uh, he was also in the U.S. Army, uh, being an assault commander in a special missions unit. Uh, he was, uh, after his military background, an operations executive at several businesses in Silicon Valley. Uh, he has a background in competitive bodybuilding uh, and also uh, currently and previously has been a triathlete and adventure racer survivalist and i'm sure much more uh you could find out more about him at zencommando.com that's zencommando.com and with that i give you todd opalski welcome todd hey good morning ben and thank you for having me on the show and thanks for the intro no problem uh very very happy to uh uh have you have you on so i want to get in today first of all to um to get into a little bit of a, of a two minute, just like a quick history of background, some uh, to give some color and some context uh, to stuff that's not on the official resume that I spoke about. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, that's not on the official resume. They'll give people a better idea, a little bit more context into how you got where you are today and why you're doing what you are now. Sure. So I've always been passionate about health, fitness, outdoors, and it may sound a little bit strange, but optimizing, doing more with less in the least amount of time. And I credit mm -hmm. my late parents for that desire. They both knew hardship. They were second generation immigrants that grew up in the Great Depression. So I was more or less a beneficiary of hard work, discipline, and a survival mindset mm. based on less is more, mind over matter. I grew up in a very labor-intensive and strict household, so when you couple those things with fitness, health, and adventure, it made me a perfect candidate for the United States Marines. After high school, I entered the Marines and made a 26-year career in the military, wow. with a majority of my time spent in counter-terrorist special operations. One of my highlights in the military was being the first Marine officer to be assessed and selected to serve in Delta Force, 
the military's leading and most elite hostage rescue unit. Wow. In 2014, but I was selected for the next rank, and I was on my way up the ladder. I decided to leave the military. I felt it was time for a change. Plus, I was still young enough to begin another career in the civilian world. I pursued and completed an MBA to further my education huh. and decided to give corporate America a shot. I wanted to do something totally different, something 180 degrees out from the military to challenge myself learn new skills, and gain some real experience navigating new battlefields, really putting myself through an individual assessment. So I packed my bags, moved up to San Francisco, and started working for a major tech firm. It was a great company. I learned a lot, but realized it wasn't totally for me. Coming from the military, which is more of a meritocracy-type system, I didn't see myself progressing as fast as I desired, so it was a short-lived experience. Uh -huh. I took a break, hiked the Appalachian Trail, and then went back to Silicon Valley to co-found a startup with a former military mate. Did the startup. I was brought on by my friend to be the operations uh -huh. guy, and I had an incredible experience. Incredible experience learning everything about a startup. From raising funds, meeting with venture capitalists, recruiting teams, developing partnerships, integrating technology into ops, and just learning the ins and outs of real-world business. So for me, that was a beautiful thing because I came from the military, and this was a whole new environment right. for me. And after that, the, the startup, I decided another decision point came, and I wanted to pivot off of my own and do my own venture, which is to help others optimize to win in life. And that's where I'm at today with Zen Commando. And something that you asked that's not on my resume that maybe <laughs> have got, that has gotten me where I'm at today, I would say one of those, one of the greatest lessons learned so far, I believe, is the number one ingredient to success is relationships. And I tell folks, create relationships, not networks. A uh, mentor of mine at a special operations unit I started work for told me when I got on board at this organization, he told me three things are going to make or break me here. First, number one, your competency. Uh -huh. Okay. Number two, your integrity. And three, relationships. How you interact and engage with everyone you meet and every agency you work with. And he went further on to say how relationships are the most difficult to maintain because they require work, effort, and nurturing. And that's something I've always developed. I've developed a bit more deeply with our three rings of relationships, which is what I emphasize in the curriculum, courses, and seminars I offer through Zen Commando. So that's pretty much in a nutshell where I've been and where I'm currently at in life. Well, that is certainly an amazing, amazing career, and and uh, and very well great, grateful to you for all, all the many years. I mean, 26 years of service uh, to to the country and, and to the world. Um, you know, thank you. So first of all, that's a tiny little thing to say. Uh, You're welcome. Given the sacrifice, but. <laughs> 
It was my honor. Yeah, thank you. It was a privilege. And uh, yeah, my 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 closest my closest uh, thing to that is my my grandfather. Actually, my father's father was career military, but in U.S. Army the whole time. Um, in the uh, in the uh, JAG Corps, though, we actually made it to full colonel by the time he retired. Um, so that was was my grandfather. Unfortunately, oh, wow. I never met him. Uh, passed away before I was born. Uh, but my dad was also briefly in the. Uh, in the U.S. Army uh, as a dentist uh, between dental school and, and his endodontic residency. So, uh, but uh, yeah, wow. definitely nice. not as nice. action-packed as uh, sp- special operations and all of those, <laughs> all of those things. They were in suits and uh, in their in their work. But um, yeah, I did a little bit of that. I wore a suit for a little uh, while up in the national capital region. So I'm. Wore the suit for a little right. while. Well, I guess everybody, you know, everybody serves the country in in their own way with their own, you know, individual skill set, and and people are not the same, not yeah. uh, not appropriate for all the same things. But um, why Costa Rica? Why Costa Rica? Well, about I first heard about Costa Rica twenty six years ago from someone I randomly met. And we started chatting about the great outdoors, and he was an avid adventurer and outdoorsman. And he shared with me the beauty of Costa Rica uh-huh. and how it would be the perfect place for me to visit. Ben, I had no idea where Costa Rica was. <laughs> I thought it was an island in the Caribbean. Uh-huh. So I looked it up and I saw it was in Central America. And I always kept that in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. Because I did ask him what one of his biggest regrets in life was, because I enjoy asking people if they had to do one thing over, what would that Uh be? And he shared with me, well, I I wish I'd bought property in Costa Rica. And this was 1993, he's telling me this. So I finally got around to traveling to Costa Rica in 2016, and I just immediately fell in love with the terrain, the culture, the people, and the energy. And it's a very wildlife, biodiverse environment, mountains, rivers, and the energy, the energy is just astounding. And I noticed a lot of expats Mm -hmm. living here, so I started asking about the lifestyle, and it sounded really appealing to me. And this led, one thing led to another, so I started looking into property which led me to think about starting something that I always wanted to do, a mind-body adventure mm. camp. So that's where I'm at. And it started with a small seed that was planted right. back in 93. Gosh, what, 20, 26 years ago. Wow. That yeah. was, uh, yeah. got to say, I was, uh, let me see, I was between my 11th and 12th grade years, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> grades that summer. But, um, that's really cool, and yeah, I would love to uh, love to visit uh, love to visit Camp Zen Commando one day. Um, definitely look forward to you know hearing about how things go and getting updates. Um, sure. So yep. one of the things you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you talked about your your journey from military to uh, civilian life. You mentioned uh, going to a different kind of battlefield. I mean, wh- why why are you comparing, or what makes you compare? Um, you know, kind of the corporate or business or startup world to a, a, a kind of battlefield. What made, what, what made you say that? Yeah, I, I think maybe it's, maybe it's just 
ingrained in me per se, but when you study and we look at the, the nature and theory of combat and war, we see characteristics and principles that truly parallel one another. And as an entrepreneur, you experience the same things that you do in, in combat. You experience things such as uncertainty. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen three? Am I even going to be, is this company even going to be living five years from now? You, you experience internal, external friction. You experience fluidity, how things ebb and flow throughout the day. You have disorder, how things can become misinterpreted, unraveled, and unorganized in the, in the workplace. You have complexity. And then the human dimension, dealing with human with with humans our most important resource so in in both environments in in battle in the business world you you have assets and resources in the military we have what we call an area of mm -hmm. operations in the in the civilian world that translates to your marketplace in in, in battle and in, in the military you have you have your, your enemy, your opponent, and these are your competitors. So I, I feel a lot of the principles that apply in combat, they apply in business as well, especially when it comes to planning, preparation, executing a business strategy, uh, leading your people, understanding the marketplace, and when to strike, which translates to when do you launch your product, or service, or when do you go public? And I listened to one of your podcasts not too long ago, and the gentleman, forgive me, I, I, I forget his name, Dr. Yes, yes, he talks about one of the primary reasons 46% of startups fail because of poor strategic decision making. I mean, so there's a lot of similarities. And I think this is one of the reasons why some some major executives, and you read about recommended books to read. A lot of folks study people like Sun Tzu, right, right, about the art of war. They they read Marcus Aurelius meditations. Marcus Aurelius meditations was written two thousand years ago, and he he talks and addresses the same things that we address today. So th those are what I feel a lot of the similarities, but there's differences too. You know, and, right. and I well, think the biggest obvious. difference between <laughs> Sorry, the two. Yeah. yeah, those are obvious. <laughs> you know, the risks, you know, risks are totally different. You know, in, in combat, people right. die. In, in business world, you, you lose customers and financial resources. Right. So, but those are what I see the a lot of the similarities being. Right, I hear... I mean, another, you know, to go, you know, going on this on this uh, path of, of, of understanding, you know, what things you learned from military and special operations that you take into the, you know, business or corporate leadership world um, is, uh, you know, one is there was a, a phrase and this phrase is actually the reason why I got introduced to you um, by my, my mentor, uh, Jonathan Smith, who I, I know is a friend of yours phrase assessment and selection is an ongoing process or maybe that's something that comes from the military yes so yep. what does that mean yeah, yeah what kind of mindset 
you know, what, what, you know, what is that idea of assessment mm-hmm. and selection is an ongoing process. What does that phrase mean? Yeah. What is the mindset of it? How does it, you know, right. how do people apply that in their lives? Yeah. So good question. Assessment and selection. It's a continuous action. And like you said, it's a mindset. You, know, you are everything you do every second, every, every minute of every hour of every day, you're being assessed by your, by your, the people around you, your environment. And essentially, I guess the catalyst of this assessment and selection I, in the special operations community, assessment and selection is a process of being assessed and then selected based off your, your performance. And this is equally applicable to the behaviors and act- actions that we exhibit each day as we're assessed, like I said, by the world around us. And throughout the military, specifically in the unconventional side of the house, and I say unconventional, side being your special forces folks so when you okay. hear of navy seals army green berets delta force those are your special operations folks you and mentioned delta force these earlier. Where are is delta force fit in men and women who get excuse me ben sorry where you you mentioned you mentioned delta force earlier also as being the first marine to be in delta force where does that fit in like which branch is that in, or where does that yeah. fit? Yeah, it, it's uh, it works for an organization in the Army called the United States United States Special Operations Command. Okay. So it's a sub department of, of the Army, and to to become one of these special forces operators, you have to pass a series of tests. And it's just not one test, but think of it as a series of tests consisting of psychological evaluations, mental aptitude exams, physical screening, oral interview boards, the entire gamut. Uh-huh. And these are the processes which, if you pass, you're finally selected. So after my assessment and selection for Delta Force, one of, my, one of the cadre members came up in front of the group of those that passed and he said remember even though you've passed this assessment and selection remember assessment and selection is an ongoing process and what he meant by that is don't don't become complacent you know don't let your guard down don't be lackadaisical you have to perform the nation the country people are relying on you to save them and you, you can't become you can't become complacent. You have to be constantly preparing for the unknown, for the uncertainty that that rests in front of you. So that requires a mindset. And I always kept that in the back of my mind with everything I do. Remember, assessment and selection is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a ruthless cycle. You wake up in the morning, you need to decide: do you want to win or do you want to lose before you go to bed at night. Do you, do you want to win in your sleep or do you want to lose in your sleep? I'm being a, a little bit extreme, but right. you know, that's reality. You know, that, that's, that's reality. So uh, assessment and selection, it's an ongoing process. It, it creates that mindset of success and excellence. And I think that's just as applicable in, in the corporate culture mm-hmm. and real-world leadership. Because as a leader, 
you're a direct representative and ambassador of your company's culture and the culture that you desire. You're under the microscope in all you do, how you carry yourself, how you speak, how you dress, how you keep your desk, all those things. Mm -hmm. So that assessment's a continuing action, and that's part of creating trust within your team is the consistency. Can you perform at a certain level when called upon? And do you do you do you see I guess examples uh, where that you could share from you know either from your time in in, in very you know in the companies in the California in the corporate world or with clients or where you've seen like in in you know I guess in the business context where where this mindset has I guess either positive examples you know or negative examples where it's where it's not been the case but either yeah one. yeah right so. I, there's a couple examples, but when we were doing the startup in Silicon Valley, it started with three of us, and we quickly started to grow and started to hire more and more people to get the job mm -hmm. done. So one of my responsibilities was recruiting, hiring people, and the traditional hiring process was you post a notice on whatever platform you're using people send their resume you do a phone interview you bring them in they sit in front of a panel you talk about it you bring them back it was becoming very painful for me to be interviewing all these people and we, we couldn't afford to outsource and hire a recruiter at that point in time so we knew we were looking for a certain profile of person to do a specific job so what me and my partner came up with he was special operations too we talked about doing an assessment uh, assessment and selection where people come in once a month and we put them through an exam we put them through a, a test a written test as well as a practical application so we came up with with this assessment and selection and wow. we put it out to people show up at Saturday morning Saturday morning at 7 a.m. dressed in this manner with this type of equipment and you'll come and take the exam kind of, it's two hours long we didn't tell them a lot of information <laughs> excuse what me what kind of position was this yes the position what we were doing it was uh, similar to uber so we were picking up people's cars and delivering these vehicles that needed repair to an automotive repair shop. Uh -huh. And the name of the company was Cardash. So think of these drivers as Uber-type drivers. They would get pinged, notified on their phone, and they would go to a customer's house, pick up the car, and bring it to a service station. So we needed drivers, and we needed a special type of person that was able to interact with people. Uh -huh. They had some sort of communication skill. We needed reliability and um, a mindset of being prompt and attention to detail and problem solving. Problem solving is something we all need in whatever business and startup you're doing is people that can problem solve. Right. So that was part of the part of the assessment we were putting together is, is this person able to think on his own? 
when he encounters a problem, can he work through it under a time restraint? So we implemented this and it worked really well. It cut down on my, it, it gave me back more time huh. that I could commit elsewhere into the company. And we knew we were getting the right person for the job. And it worked really well. Well, that, that's a that's a I mean, it's a neat idea in terms of uh, in terms of that. We, we have also in, in past companies <laughs> of mine, we you know, we had we, we, we did do kind of a we, we implemented something. I guess you probably would compare it as something similar uh, where, you know, we we gave them like a couple of documents and a couple of, uh, of sheets and and just told them to, you know, in the middle of the interview, we did the interview and then we told them to you know, kind of wait in the room and they would get a phone call. Uh, from someone from the company posing as a you know as a client, uh, asking about a certain thing to kind of also get a sense of how they thought on their feet and how they were able to access the information that was given to them and their customer service skills and things like that. So it was a phone position, but um, you know just kind of also take that idea of of uh, of assessing people in a more real life way rather than just through a conversation. Right, right, and it's it's very applicable, and I, I've had great success with it because it just it demonstrates where really where that person's mindset is. Are they ready? Are they prepared for uh, whatever may happen next? And that's what we're looking for: problem solvers, people to solve problems. And that was something they screened for when I worked for the special operations units: is problem solving. Uh -huh. We want people that can problem solve. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's uh, it's cool, and I, and I appreciate the the understanding also of the of those of the concept of assessment and selection, you know, in general, and and specifically the idea that it's an ongoing process. Yeah. You can't, as you said, rest on your laurels. That we are not in our positions right. of leadership, or when we're looking at employees, they're not in their positions uh, simply because they had it yesterday. Um, but you know, something that needs to be continually right. proven right. And, and earned uh, and demonstrated. Um, so I appreciate that. And, and one of the other things you mentioned earlier was the three main relationships. I want to, I want to give you an opportunity and I want to hear more about uh, those okay. relationships that, that you talked about earlier. You know, what are, what are the three main relationships as being the, you know, the three key things you look at is one of them being relationships that you got from your advice from that guy. Um, you know, what are those relationships? And I don't know, what's the relative importance of them? Like, you know, how do they fit into our lives? Right. So I, I mentioned earlier Marcus Aurelius and in in his writings in the book Meditations, I think it's book four, some passage or verse within book four, he talks about three relationships. One to ourself, the relationship we have with ourself, and one to the divine cause, and then the last one to our fellow mortals around us. And you can interpret, I guess, the second one, our relationship to the divine cause, however you want to interpret that. But how I, what I've taken is those three relationships and have translated them into the three rings of relationships that are very important day to day. And that's the relationship you have with yourself the second one being the relationship with your environment, how you interact with your environment. 
And then lastly, but one of the most important is the, those around us uh, uh-huh. with, our, with, the, with the people we engage with every day. And the most difficult relationship, which I call the X-ring, which is the, the center ring, is the, the relationship we have with ourselves. Uh, that's the most difficult relationship to get right, to find that, to eliminate those inner struggles that we may battle with each day. And the, you know, the battles, I'd like to say, that we deal with. Uh, we live in a, in a world today that's, that's crazy. We live in a world where I don't see us as deeply connected with ourselves as maybe right. we once were. We live in the age of Amazon Prime. One click away from getting anything you want. Right. Many distractions. We, we, everyone has a mobile device now. You know, that's one of the main distractors in our lives. How much screen time do you, do you add up at the end of the day? Sure. <laughs> and you know, sometimes this leads to remoteness with ourselves, which creates doubt, which leads to anxiety, stress, depression, fear and, and ins- insecurity sometimes. So, you know, the, the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important, the one you need to spend a lot of time with, is getting the mind right, mentally, physically, emotionally, so you can interact better with the world around you because what you project is what you reflect. Right. I mean, maybe that connects, you know, maybe, maybe this is connected, but like with, with founding of Zen Commando, looking at doing these retreats in the future, what, or in the near future, what, like what's your, what's your mission? Like, what are you, what are you, what do you believe, you know, is the next thing that you want to focus on doing? And maybe that's connected to helping people in the relationship with the, you know, in these relationships or with themselves, but yeah, what, what are you looking to accomplish now? I just yep. like maybe we can end on that point. Yep, yep, sure. So the overarching purpose of Zen Commando is optimizing individuals, teams, and organizations to win. Okay, that's pretty much the bottom line. And I've been on winning teams my entire life. Uh, I believe on constantly moving up and to the right, not down and to the left. And I, I want to share with people the, the relationship tools necessary to create a winning mindset and lifestyle. Those, those relationship tools that you can use on yourself, with yourself, with the environment, and, and with others. And it's a simple process, but it's not easy. Right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no. It's, uh, there's, there's a lot of things in, in the world that we say, oh, it's a complex problem. But really, it's not a complex problem. It's just a difficult solution. It's not a complex problem. Right. But uh, so I, sure. do, I do you know, sort of know yep. what you mean with that but it's you know um i mean look it's, it sounds it sounds like a, a great goal it's something i definitely would you know would be interested in connecting with more that you know that that goal of having less internal friction get it working on you know getting my, more connected and less remote with myself hopefully leading to less anxiety depression fear uh anxiety stress all those things that you mentioned before um and uh you know, and also, and, and hopefully that making the idea of of ongoing assessment and selection, um, you know, uh, less less daunting or less scary, you know, and there's just less in between me and, and whatever form of excellence <laughs> yeah. I want to go for. 
And uh, so, yeah, so so I appreciate everything that you've shared today. And uh, again, people can find out more about uh, Todd uh, Opalski and Camp Zen Commando at uh, zencommando.com. Uh, I can also get information, hopefully. Uh, is, is there a way to sign up there to get updates uh, whenever you have retreats or information that, that comes out in the future? Yes, there sure is on my homepage on zencommando.com. They can just contact me and fill out the form there. Okay, great. And uh, and get to get on the list. Um, and, uh, okay, great. So I really, really appreciate you coming on today. I mean, it's a fascinating background. I really would, you know, really would love to spend a couple more episodes or hours on, on, uh, on hearing more. <laughs> about your interesting background and i'm sure there's a lot a lot of of areas in which you know uh you know the rest of us can learn can learn from the things that you've learned from that background and and with an mba and and the you know the couple of companies in san francisco um you know you do you know i, I feel like that would give you the ability to communicate and translate because you have that real world experience to translate things better than somebody let's say who just had a military background um you know what what the takeaway points are Yeah. So thank you very, very much. Well, thanks for having me, Ben. This is quite an honor. My, my pleasure. And I, I appreciate the time. My pleasure. It was our honor. And uh, again, zencommando.com. People can find out more. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Ben Wolf.